Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cloud overhead, hoping that I break down. Won't get a hold, won't determine fate now. Finally, LeBron is tired. Listen, I don't care if LeBron scored 27. The Heat won, so I can make that joke. And as y'all, as y'all can tell, I'm recording this directly after the Miami Heat beat the Los Angeles Lakers in a relatively decent game. I mean, truthfully, I think the Lakers are just a much worse team than us. But we're going to get to that second. First off, welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat here on the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, with another solo episode. We got my dog, Rio, been, uh, been traveling busy for the holidays, but uh, we got some real uh, fun stuff playing with my boy, Rio. Uh, so when we get him back on here, hopefully soon, we'll have a ton to talk about. But I'll come to y'all with a quick solo episode today to discuss these last few games for the Miami Heat uh, as they are 2-0 since the last episode. First game against the Minnesota, Timberlo- uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves where they win by three points with no Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo, still pull away with the win. That is a game where if I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I am furious. And trust me, we know how it feels as Heat fans because we lose to teams without their two best players all the time. So it was nice to, you know, be on the other end of that once. Because those guys were out, we did see the start from Nikola Jovic, who obviously hasn't been getting that many run. He had nine points. I like we saw him take uh, Gobert's bum ass to, out to the three-point line a couple of times, which of course helps stre- uh, stretch the defense. And that's what you like to see from Jovic. Trust me, we're going to get back into Gobert later. But uh, but yeah, I did like to see the start from Jovic because there's been you know a lot of talk about him over these last couple weeks about where's his playing time at, why does Spo hate him, particularly because this Heat team is obviously not very good. Uh, this game against the Lakers finally put us over one, uh, 500 again at 18 and 17. So people are kind of saying, well, if you're going to suck, why not at least you know start the young guys, <laughs> get them some run? Uh, but you know, this team's not going to tank. They kind of want to give themselves the best opportunity to win every night. And Spo is not going to play a 19-year-old because that's not how you win games. But it's nice that when guys are hurt, Jovic can get some run his rookie year. So maybe next year or the year after, he can be a contributing player. It was a little disappointing, though, to see Hero have only 14 points with the stars out. He was 7-19, which is terrible. But he did have eight assists, and that's kind of something similar that we saw in the next game versus the Lakers. So I'll get into that a little bit more then. But Lowry was pretty decent with 18 and 9 assists. So you got 17 total assists from your backcourt. But the story of the game is the guy who is way better than Dwayne Dedman. My guy, the only good Robinson on the Miami Heat, Orlando Robinson. That boy dominated Rudy Gobert's bum ass with 15 points, 9 boards, and 4 assists. Listen, that was really the only takeaway from that game. It's how much fun and... and you know, what, what's even the word? Just, I was going to say exciting, but not necessarily exciting. Maybe just relief because of how tired we are of watching old ass dead men run around out there. I, I don't know why I've had such like a, an anger-ish tone, this pod when the Heat are 2-0 since the last episode. But uh, but uh, I'm just excited, man. Just finally got some emotions uh, and something to start to get excited about that. Maybe this is the time where the Heat can finally go on a run. Uh, actually, I don't remember if we talked about the Pacers game in the last episode. That's the game they lost where Tyrese had nine threes and Tyler Hero decided not to guard him at the end of the game. But anyways, we're going to talk about the Wiz. Enough being negative this year. We might not have a winning week uh, again for a long time because they have a very tough schedule coming up. 
So we'll go ahead and try to remain as positive as possible for the rest of this episode. And we'll do that by continuing to talk about Orlando Robinson, who was really encouraging to see because if he can continue to play at a level relatively close to this, that means that we should never see Dwayne Dedman step on the court for the rest of the season for the Miami Heat. And that is a win. Now, listen, Dwayne Dedman certainly had a solid tenure here, at least to start. He became one of, you know, the fan favorites just because of his energy and hustle. But we saw there's a reason that he was sitting on his couch for a year, not on a roster until the Heat picked him up. I just don't think he has it in his body anymore. Obviously, he's a bigger guy. You know, I said he's old, but he's actually younger than Jimmy. But still, he's a bigger guy, you know, not as in great shape as the rest of those guys. It's very clear his body can't handle to be the energy role for as big a role as he's been put in this season. Even if it's 15 minutes a night, it's been way too detrimental to the team. He should not ever be playing. He only was playing because you had no other option. Omer Yurtsevin is still out with the ankle surgery. And then the other two-way spot, you, you know, you had Jamal Kane. The other two-way spot was Drew Smith a lot of the season. He's obviously a point guard. Robinson's been big and out, uh, in and out of that final two-way spot. But now I think he's a, uh, finally solidified himself in that role. And therefore, he is here to stay. They're going to have to do something to convert that two-way deal eventually, which I think they'll be able to and still be under the cap. They just got to wait a few more weeks or something like that. But he solidified, him spot, uh, he solidified himself as the backup big on this team. I don't think there should be any doubt about it if, because Dwayne Dedman is injured right now, but if when he comes back, which Dedman, you know, take your time, man. We love you, Dedman. Take as much time as you need, my guy. He really should not be on the court ever again because at the very least, Robinson is giving you hustle and energy, which is all Dedman was giving you anyways, and Robinson's a lot younger, a lot cheaper. They might as well just keep him and try to move on from Dedman if possible, even though he is an expiring deal, so... Maybe he does have some value to another team and they're able to unload that contract with a Duncan Robinson and that might be how you see the trade come trade deadline because this team will make a move one way or another, whether to buy or sell. And I think that's going to be uh, how their record is as we approach the trade deadline uh, in about a month and a half, two months. Uh, so obviously these next few weeks are pretty critical to determine what they're going to do. But how embarrassing is it for Rudy Gobert to get absolutely dominated by a two-way player 99% of NBA fans have not heard of. Now, y'all know, I think in almost every single episode, we've somehow managed to talk about how much I have disdain for Rudy Gobert. Certainly, in our two episodes of Mario Chalmers so far, it came up, and that is one thing that me and Rio 1,000% agree on, is that and even if Rio won't flat out say it, I will Rudy Gobert sucks at the game of basketball. They traded five first-round picks for a man who can barely get 10 points, only had eight boards versus Orlando Robinson and the rest of the 6-5 and under Miami Heat. He is terrible. He wasn't even playing late in the fourth quarter because of his defense. How does a guy who you pay all this money for his defense get played off the court because of his defense? And he consistently gets played off the court because of his defense because he cannot guard three feet outside of the paint. This man is only good at defense on 1% of the basketball court and all of a sudden he's some superstar because of the defensive end. Now, yeah, it's an important part. It's in the paint, but I'd even argue he's not that good in the interior. He's just a good shot blocker, not a good defender. There's a difference, and that's been my point with him this entire time. 
Among other things, I really just don't like him personally as a person, you know, uh, considering the fact that he gave the entire league COVID, cries when he doesn't win his fourth defensive player of the year, and uh, talk trash about my boy Whiteside. A few years ago, Blancote, I did not forget. Even though I think that was technically Evan Fournier, but they were still one or the other. There's in a conversation. You could look it up. I don't like Gobert, <laughs> and I feel terrible for Timberwolves fans that they made easily one of the worst trades in NBA history, trading one of the biggest hauls ever for a guy that is a bum. That sucks. And speaking of Whiteside, too, a lot of people were saying Orlando Robinson reminds him of Whiteside. I guess I get it because it's kind of the big that came out of nowhere. Uh, but Robinson had four assists that game. That's like double Whiteside's career high with the Heat. <laughs> so I wouldn't exactly say they're they're comparable players at all. And, and y'all know Whiteside's my boy. As much as you want to say I'm hypocritical for calling Gobert a bum and not Whiteside, I hear you. I don't care. I still like Whiteside. But it was nice to see that he get a win after falling under 500 with that game versus the Timberwolves. It was nice to see them not going too far a hole and come out there without their best superstar. Struess had 19 that game, so he really stepped up for the first time in a month, it seems, because he shot 25% in December, which is disgusting. Max Struess will not be on this team by the end of the year. I think that's a fact. Uh, but yeah, they won. Tied him at 500 and had a chance to go above 500 versus the Los Angeles Lakers, which uh, I guess by the time you listen to this was last night, because I'm recording this right after the game. This will be uploaded on Thursday morning. That he did. They beat the Lakers 112 to 98 in a game in which they pretty much led from, you know, middle second quarter on. Uh, I think uh, it got all the way up to 20 in the third quarter and might have got as close as seven uh, before Tyler Hero and Jimmy hit some big shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Uh, We did see LeBron play on the second night of a back-to-back, which did surprise me because there was a stretch where LeBron missed like five straight games uh, in Miami after he left us to join Cleveland. uh, And that's where that famous LeBron is tired chant came from. But certainly didn't expect him to play, but nice him to show up, give the people what they paid for. He certainly played very well. He's the only one who played well for the Lakers. Not the only one. I guess Thomas Bryant was good and uh, a couple other guys. But he's the only good player on that team, I should say. He had 27 uh, so did Jimmy Butler, which oh, who absolutely balled out. Uh, we saw a lot of nice things from Victor Oladipo, who uh, defensively star, offensively. I mean, I was going to say Matt. It's been a little bit worse than Matt. Uh, see, the thing with Vic, though, is you're obviously not looking at him to be a scorer. You're kind of looking at him to be at the defender. Obviously, in his prime, he was a guy that could get to the rim pretty easily. He's not that guy anymore, or at least not right now. We'll see as time progresses is if, if, his temp, if his body can continue to get healthy. He's not super old or nothing. Maybe he can get back to that guy who can get to the rim a little more easier. That's why for me, my biggest issue is his shot selection. He's not a very good shooter. And at the moment, he's taking way too many threes. He takes 7.8 shots a game and over four threes a game. So over half of his shots are, are from downtown, which doesn't just doesn't make any sense to me. Not even like they're wide open catch and shoots with guys just disregarding him in the corner. No, he'll take step back, fade away threes with a hand in his face uh, off the dribble, pull back. I don't get it. It's a little frustrating. Seems like wasted possessions every time he does that. But regardless, I want to stay positive because his defense has he's truly proven himself to be one of the best guard defenders in the league, which is awesome uh, because he late in games, you know, when every possession matters. He has been critical, had some uh, great defense down the stretch on LeBron. So did Caleb Martin, who also shot really well tonight. Uh, so I kind of like having those two guys uh, just because, again, when games get late and close, every possession matters. You know if you can't score, at least you got some confidence on the defensive end. Uh, 
And who else was there? Oh, and Gabe. Gabe. Yeah, Gabe played tonight very well. That's another guy who finally hit his shots tonight, had 12 points, hit a few threes. He's a guy that is probably, uh, off the bench obviously, your best two-way player uh, off the bench. Because you look at Vic, great defense, not a great scorer. Caleb Martin, well, well, he's a star, but obviously, you know, great defender. Offense, certainly coming around. He's shooting the ball well this year. Uh, before we get into Gabe a little bit, just a little on Caleb Martin, it's nice to see him come back, uh, play play pretty well these last few games because when he missed a long stretch of time, we saw about a thousand Highsmith minutes, which for me is a thousand too many because <laughs> I think he's a bum. Uh, a lot of people, uh, well, I've caught a lot of people are bums. I, I got to stop throwing it around so much because, you know, a few people are bums. Gobert, bum. Highsmith, you know, he just is what he is, you know. But uh, but Highsmith, you know, people say the defense is good, so you can live with it. I honestly think the defense is mid. But anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, you see Caleb Mar come back, play well. It's awesome because we all knew coming into the year, noticing the Heat didn't make a move for a power forward, that Caleb Mar would be their starting power forward. And we knew it wouldn't be great, but it's probably been as least bad as we could have possibly expected, which is a credit to Caleb Mar. You know, he's hitting his threes almost every time he shoots. I feel like it's going in. Uh, so it's really been a nice development to know that we're not completely screwed with him at the starting four, even though I definitely think they need to look for an upgrade, you know, this offseason. Not necessarily this season because I don't really want to make a marginal move just to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. But yeah, Gabe Vincent, though, he is a guy that you can probably say is your best two-way player, I guess, outside of the stars, we'll say. Now, unfortunately, that hasn't been the case this season because he's been shooting the ball very poor. And like I said, Martin's been shooting the ball pretty well. But if you take last season into account, Gabe Vincent's a guy that he's shown us he can score 20-plus points every now and then, have a few games where he hits five threes. His mid-range game is actually pretty nice. That's not really something we see from Caleb Martin. He has the little floater. We even see some nice passes from Gabe. We see him uh, try to play the playmaker role a little bit when Lowry's not out there. So... If Gabe can give you for the rest of the season what he gave you tonight, that is a really, really important development for this team. I think part of the reason he's had such a bad year shooting the ball is because he's been in and out of the lineup. So hopefully he can start to get cons- uh, that some consistency, start get start to get the shot back like he did last season. And I think that will be a huge piece of this team, particularly because I think he makes Kyle Lowry expendable. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry, we all know one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Certainly hasn't lived up to it, hasn't been god-awful terrible, but not worth the money that we're giving him for the couple more years that he's under contract. So if you can find a team that wants what he provides as far as a veteran, as far as somebody who can play make, maybe the Dallas Mavericks want him so Luka doesn't have to drop 60, 20, and 10 every night. That was nuts. Uh, I know McCuban's been interested in Kyle Lowry for a while, so maybe if you can get off his contract and get an expiring over here, uh, I don't know who, who they got expiring, maybe like Dwight Powell or something like that, that could play a four, that could be okay. Uh, I think that he had that uh, opportunity to do that and still not be terrible because I think you can slide Gabe Vincent into the starting spot and still be a relatively competitive team if Jimmy and Bam keep playing like they did tonight. So speaking of Bam and about, he was awesome. To, Bam was that dude. Bam was him, Okay. He was the only reason the Heat did not have a third quarter, which was a blessing. I feel like this is the first third quarter they did not get outscored by a wide margin in my entire lifetime. I'll just say it because that's how I feel. 
but he was incredible. Kay Lamar obviously had a good third, third quarter too, hit a few threes, but uh, Bam was doing everything. Dunking on dudes' heads, post fades, rebounding the ball, blocking shots. He was all over the entire court. That has been such an awesome development this year that you can look at Bam and without a doubt say he had, he has improved as a basketball player. Because if this Heat team is going to be as mediocre as they are, at the end of the day, we can look at it and say, at least we have Bam at a bio. Because a lot of people will say Jimmy's window for championship has closed with this team. I'm iffy on that. I'm borderline. Uh, we'll see what's out there in the offseason. But if that's the case, you if you have any hope of being a contender again within the next three or four years after Jimmy, that's going to be because Bam in a bio. And he's proven that he can be one of those, uh, you know, one of the two or three best players on the championship team because he's solidifying himself as one of the most important players in the NBA because he does literally everything out there. So really great overall game from the Heat, although I think the Lakers just suck. <laughs> I think as mediocre to okay as the Heat are, the Lakers are just a lot worse. I mean, they did have 24 turnovers today. The Heat played some great defense, but a lot of those turnovers were just terrible passes, not even trying or looking to or reading, or or taking your time inbounding the ball. I know uh, Thomas Bryant had a had a turnover doing that, uh, but yeah, I always wondered because I haven't really sat down to watch a full Lakers game this year. Because why would I? They're like eight games under five hundred. But I still want you know I still know the roster, and I still said okay, they don't have a lot of pieces, but they got LeBron. How are they so far under five hundred with LeBron when of course he's he's balling out? Uh, well, today I saw why, and the answer is simply that team sucks. <laughs> You know, they bring out someone who can't shoot, like a Patrick Beverly, and I say, okay, they're going to bring in, you know, more of a shooter this time. Nope, it's Russell Westbrook. Nope, it's, uh, well, they did bring in Troy Brown Jr. today, who who sucked. Uh, but regardless, the shooting on that team is very poor. The, uh, the ball handling on that team is very poor. Just the overall everything. <laughs> you know, they have Thomas Bryant, who's their tallest player, and then everybody else is like 6'6", or lower, you know. I thought the Heat had size problems. The Lakers are just that much worse. Uh, and I guess we saw part of that today by Bam Adebayo dominating the boards. I mean, he's been doing a lot of that lately. But yeah, point is, the Lakers seems just not very good. I'm sitting here trying to explain it. There's really no other way to say it than it's just very poor roster construction. And yeah, Anthony Davis is out right now because of injury. But saying Anthony Davis is hurt is like saying Tyree Kill is the best wide receiver in the NFL. We all know this, you know. <laughs> I don't want to get into the Dolphins, though, because they've just lost four straight games and potentially Tua Tungavailoa for the rest of the season. But, you know, forget that. Tua, rest up. Hope you're doing okay personally. But anyways, nice to see the Heat at least get a couple wins while football has suddenly become not as interesting. But I think that's really all I got to say about the Lakers game, though. Heat get one game over 500 with a very, very tough stretch coming up. Uh, they have in Denver, at Utah, at LA Clippers and Lakers, and then the Phoenix Suns to close out their five-game Western Conference road trip. Uh, man, we know that he never went in Denver unless they have Joel Anthony walking through the door and dominate like he did nine years ago. Probably nobody remembers that game. Uh, then they got at Utah who's playing well. They already beat the Clippers and Lakers this year, so they'll probably lose to both of those teams at their home. And Phoenix sucks. They're going to beat the Phoenix Suns. That team is hot trash, and they got a bunch of babies on that team, so... I mean, I can see that he losing the next four and getting the win in Phoenix, uh, which would, of course, be very unfortunate because then you're, you're back in that little hole. But I really hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I do. Uh, all year, we've talked about the problems this team has just overall with, you know, lack of depth, lack of size, 
the shooters not hitting shots. Struce again today was terrible after having a good game versus Timberwolves. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they are the sixth seed. So if they can, man, if they can go three and two on this road trip, that would be great. I would take that right this second if you could tell me that. But hey, listen, man, you got Jimmy Butler, you got Bannabile, you got the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. Tune into every single week. Well, we'll try to keep it as uh, entertaining and informational as possible uh, while we come closer and closer to the January 15th uh, dates where all these players are available to be traded, like Dwayne Dedman and Caitlin Martin and all those guys. And then the uh, the trade deadline, not too far after on February 9th. So it's definitely going to be an exciting month or two coming up uh, as we watch this Miami Heat team hopefully try to dig themselves out of this hole that they're in. And you can hear all about it every single week on the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. But that's all I've got for y'all until next time. Make sure to rate five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. Probably just doing the audio side today. We'll have the, the video back when we get real out here. Uh, that's all I got. I can spot a frog with a blindfold. You can feel that too, maybe I know. On a different plane, different time zone. Step around, no attention check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.